All right, welcome to another episode of Perspective. And I am here with Kendall Rusing. That's how you pronounce it, right? Rusing, yeah. Rusing, Rusing. And I'm super excited to finally have her on the show. Just for one reason or another, we've been trying to get, uh, get her on for the last, I don't even know, three, four weeks. And yeah. just life, life happens. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, so yes, very excited to have her. So, Kendall, real quick, for those who don't know who you are, could you give brief background of, of who you are, what you're up to? Yeah, so for those of you guys who uh, don't know, which is probably most of you guys, I am a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt um, and world champion. And I'm also a business owner of Three Gracie Baja, which is our Jiu-Jitsu team, Three Gracie Baja Academies. Um, and I'm also a really big advocate for body positivity and eating disorder recovery. Um, I was also a national champion wrestler for Team USA. So those are kind of like the four things I normally go with, like the the jiu-jitsu, the wrestling, the business, and um, body positivity. So those are kind of the four main core things that I that I um, identify with the most right now. Awesome. And then with your jujitsu, though, you've correct me if I'm wrong, but you've won a you've, you've won a you know a couple championships, right? Yeah, yeah, I've done pretty well. I got my black belt about a year ago. Um, but before that, at the colored belt, I had a lot of world championship titles. And since I have had my black belt, I won um, double gold at the Nogi World Championships in December of 2019. And then I won the European Championships in January of 2020. And then tournaments stopped. So we kind of have a halt right now. But uh, but yeah, so I've been doing well since I got my black belt last year. That's awesome. So I'm curious, so what got you into jujitsu? Yeah, so when I was five, um, I started gymnastics really young. I was like two or three, and my mom got us started. And then uh, when I was five, I went into jujitsu. My dad was training at the time, and he just brought me to see if I would have fun, and I would like it, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I had so much fun doing it, and that's really how it started. So competed immediately, started training full-time immediately, and then I also did judo when I was seven. I started, or seven or eight, I started judo, and then um, just have, have been training ever since. I went into high school at 13, and I started wrestling, so I stopped doing jiu-jitsu at that time. I was only wrestling from like 13 to about 18 and a half, <clears throat> so about six years or five and a half years, and then when I came back from wrestling, I started jiu-jitsu again and I'm 22 now. So I've been doing jiu-jitsu again for about three and a half years um, since I started. So from age like five to 12 and then wrestling from like 12 or 13 to 18. And then from like 18 to 22, I'm doing jiu-jitsu again. So that's how everything got started. Awesome. So you know, like you mentioned, you've had you know some good success so far in your sport. So when, when do you think it was that you start to realize that Hey, I actually might be be kind of good at this. Like, I, I think I might be able to to compete at a higher level. Well, jujitsu is really interesting because it's very independently operated. You know, we we don't in jujitsu we don't grow up um, planning to be in the NFL or planning mm -hmm. to win the Olympics or anything like that. So, it was really like just so fun and so exciting to me as a kid, and I just loved it. So. I, my dad would like have me write down my goals when I was really young and he would like tell me just to write down like the top five things you want to accomplish or you want to have in your life or whatever. And I would write like, I want to be like jujitsu Olympic champion, even though jiu-jitsu isn't on the Olympics, I thought it would be. And, uh, and so that was one of my biggest goals. And I think it was really just because I loved it so much and I had so much fun doing it. So I always felt like I was good and I was talented as a kid because I did really well in competitions and everything. Um, 
to be honest, I don't know if there ever was a moment growing up that I didn't think that I could do whatever I wanted. And that really comes down to parenting. Like my parents just really encouraged me. Like anytime I wanted to do something, they were like, yeah, you could do that. You know, like it was never. So I don't know if there was a moment where I really realized that. But more recently, there was a moment at the black ball level because things kind of change when you get to black ball level. It's a little more professional and it's really the best of the best. And um, the Nogi Worlds in December of 2019 I had a really, really tough match in the quarterfinals of the open weight class. And um, I barely won like the last 10 seconds. And after that match, that really kind of solidified things for me because I had just gotten my black belt. It was a brand new black belt. That really kind of solidified for things for me. Like, oh, I belong here. You know, I, I this is I, I deserve to be here. I deserve to have these top spots, even though I'm young, I'm an up and comer. Um, and that was really an awesome moment for me. It was like a last minute, last second win, um, very dramatic, very intense. And uh, after that, I was like, I know I have what it takes to to compete at this level. That's awesome. So then I'm, I'm curious, so with, with that match, so it came down literally last few seconds, like if you, and I understand, cause I, I, so I did a little basketball or, you know, back in the day. Uh, so I totally understand like those last few seconds, like, you know, just how time kind of freezes. So I'm curious, yeah. like in those last few seconds where it was literally like make or break win that match, what, what was going through your mind or what, how, how did you, I guess, push yourself to, to win that, win that match? Yeah, I don't, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to say like combat sports are very interesting because it's totally one-on-one -on -one and you have the power to make or break the match. Right. And so like, there's no counting on anybody else. It's only up to you. And so I had this feeling like there was a moment with like two minutes left and I literally won in like the last like three seconds. So there was a moment like two minutes left, we went out of bounds and then the referee started us back in the middle. And as we we're coming back in the middle, I just decided I was like, I was like, there's absolutely no way I'm gonna lose this fight. Like, there's no way like, I'm gonna make this happen. I don't know how, but I'm gonna make this happen. So I just kept pushing the pace, pushing the pace, pushing the pace, going after what I needed to go after, and <clears throat> and just decided that no matter what happened, I was going to win. And there, I've had matches where uh, there were moments like that, and I didn't win, and I and I had a different like mental situation or a different mental experience with it. But with this one. Um, I think I was just so happy to be there. there. I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself for this tournament because it was my first black belt tournament or one of my first black belt tournaments. I had just gone on vacation because I, I had a vacation planned like a long time before. So I hadn't really been training. <clears throat> and that week I got the flu, like literally like passed out on my feet. Like I'm so not kidding, like literally passed out on my feet. My boyfriend would like try to like wake me up and stuff, like take me to the hospital like crazy. I had the flu, really, really bad that week of the tournament. So I didn't really put a lot of pressure on myself going into the tournament. Of course I wanted to win and I was excited, but I think because of all that, it was like, it was really just like, let's do this, let's go, let's have fun. And in that match, I, I just knew I wanted it so much more because she was very talented, but I just, I just could tell, like I wanted it more than she did. And I think knowing that really helped push me, push me through to the end of the fight. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love that you, you said that, like you wanted it more than she did. Exactly. Exactly. And it comes down to that a lot in sports, right? And because that makes a difference if you're going to push through the end and the uncomfortability um, of what it takes to win sometimes um, comes down to to how bad you how badly you really want it. Right. So. For sure. For sure. So uh, going back to uh, other matches where maybe you mentioned that you've had that mentality before, but it didn't you, you lost. You didn't win that match. 
So when you have had those losses, how, how do you deal with loss? Um, yeah, it's a really interesting question and something that I'm super passionate about because I used to feel, and this was in wrestling and jiu-jitsu, like I used to feel that grow, going through being an athlete, if you were okay, if if you weren't devastated and wanted to die after you lost, then that meant you weren't good enough and you weren't destined for greatness. Because in my mind, if you didn't want to die when you lost, then that meant like that you weren't meant for this. Like clearly you don't care about it as much as I do. You know, like you don't care like the same way. You're not destined to be great the same way I am because I want to die if I lose. I can't let that happen. Right. So that was really the mentality I had for a long time, especially as a teenager growing up and having sports be the only thing that I cared about. And, um, and what I've realized, you know, over the years is that the, the result of a competition just enhances what your life already is. So if you're miserable and you hate what you do and you hate the training and you're like really forcing it and you're trying to like it, but you're really not uh, winning and losing, it just enhances that like winning, like you feel great for 20 minutes or you feel great for that day or going out to eat with your buddies or maybe that week when you get to tell people about it. But after that, your life is still your life, you know? And so you have to live with that. And then if you lose, of course, you know, then that's devastating and it makes it worse. But what I found in the opposite of, of that, cause I've had both experiences is when I'm in a lifestyle that I love and I love to train and I love everything that I'm doing and I love the life that I'm living. Um, winning enhances that it makes it more exciting for a minute but losing also is not the end of the world. Like, yes, of course it's uncomfortable. It's disappointing. It's devastating at times, but my life goes back to the same way it was come Monday morning, you know? So it's really like I decided not to live my life for a competition and to live my life for my life. And the competition is just part of it. It's just a part of my life the same way that, um, going to the D well that going to the DMV that's not that exciting but going to like this is just a part a part of things I don't have to go to the DMV and wait in line every day just like I don't have to run sprints every single day or I don't have to you know make sure my diet is 100% perfect every single day it's just a part of my life that I fit in there so um as far as you know dealing with losses it really just came down to awareness of like like it's it's not it's okay to like I, I don't know how to I don't know how to how to say it in a way that makes sense because it, it just so ingrained in me. Like it used to be that if I was okay with a loss, I there was no way I was ever gonna be good enough and I couldn't be a champion because anyone to, who's okay with that is not intense enough, right? And so now I've learned that like it's okay. Like if yes, you have to not want to lose, like you have to have that drive. And so on the day of the tournament, it needs to be important to you. And you know, you need to have the intensity to push through the end of the fight. But it's okay to move on a few days later and get back to your life because otherwise, you know, you're living for a competition and you're not living for your life. And if you build a life that you love no matter what the result is, then you're winning. You know, then that's really winning because I don't want to look back 15 years later and realize that I was only living my life to win the world championships and I never even won and I was miserable the whole time. Because you see a lot of Olympic athletes, there's a huge thing in the Olympics because it's every four years and I was in this circuit one time with the wrestlers. Um, they they are wrestling for you know 12 16 years because it's in four year cycles that's only three or four olympics like that's not that many chances to to make it to the olympics they're doing this for 12 or 16 years barely making any money miserable working their butts off crazy and they never made the olympic team at the end of the six years they have to retire because they're getting old and they have injuries and all that stuff and they never made the olympic team and they realized they look back and they didn't even really like their life 
for 16 years, which a lot of times more than half of their life already. So I think that's something I think about a lot. It's like, yes, winning and losing is important. And yes, it, it feels significant, but it enhances what you already have. And the lifestyle you live is far more important. You know, for me, that's really what it came down to. And once I learned that that was okay and that I was allowed to enjoy the journey and not only care about the results, I got much, much happier, much faster. And on a on, on an addition to that, I started doing much better in competition. And I started winning much more often when I started enjoying my life and enjoying the journey rather than only focusing on the outcome. And I think that came with age a little bit, but it also came with, of course, a lot of experience and a lot of introspection there. And I changed sports because of it, so. That's awesome, Di. I absolutely love that answer because it's actually something that I've also observed, um, like with people, and mostly people in business, because that's where I spend a lot of, a lot of time. Mm -hmm. But so often I've, I've met people and it seems like they just keep putting, trying to put off their happiness until they make X amount of money or they get whatever title or until whatever. And I'm. It's just, yeah. I, it, it saddens me because I'm like that, you guys, you like, what if you die tomorrow? Like, right. you're going to live your life unhappy? Yeah, and people think that's so dramatic. It's really not, you know? And even if you don't die tomorrow, like, one thing I think about all the time is it's the same in sports. It's the same in business, in your job. It's the same in where you live. It's the same in relationships, which I've experienced mm -hmm. as well. Like, I feel like there's been so many times in my life with relationships, work, sports, whatever. It's like, if I just keep doing the right thing, then things are going to change and I'm going to be happier and I'm going to get the end result that I want, whether it's a relationship or sports or business. If I just keep doing the right things, eventually I'm going to get to this achievement that I want or this, this version of my relationship that I want or this tournament that I want. And eventually I'm going to get there. And when I do that, I'm going to be happy, you know, whereas it may not be this right sport for you. It may not be the right relationship for you. It may not be the right job for you because even when like, first of all, a lot of those things never happen. You never get to that accomplishment and you may not get to the point where you want to be. But second, even if you do, you are going to look back and realize that you, you lived, you lived thousands of days for one day. You lived thousands of days that you hated to get to one day that was kind of fun and exciting, right? And it's the same thing with sports. And was it worth it? You know, really, was it worth it? And and how do you want to tell your kids about your experience with that? You know, was that what you would suggest to them? Do you want to see them miserable for 25 years so that they can become an executive of some company? Maybe you do, you know, I guess. But, but like, for me, like, it's kind of like, you know, like, I know you originally saw me from Gary Vee's uh, right from team gary b is that how you yeah. yeah so he talks he talks so much about this like like making like for me like maybe you're really talented at wiffle ball or whatever right and it's not as glamorous as football but you hate football even if you're good at it going into the nfl and doing all these things and winning a super bowl in a life that you hate is not as great as being like the absolute world champion in wiffle ball and not having as much recognition because you love the training you love the environment you love your teammates you love the tournaments you love watching it you love like you live and breathe a life that's enjoyable that you love um even if it's not you're winning you know you're winning if, if you do that so i that's how i view it for sure and you know i love also how you mentioned earlier how you said that when you start to just more enjoy life enjoy the process you know the things that you were trying to like start getting better anyway because that's yeah. also what i've observed that you know just when you're happier when you're enjoying what you're doing, like, yeah, you might not hit that, you know, all time goal, but yeah. I think the odds of you actually hitting your goals just go up. 
I totally agree. And and not only in sports, but in business too, I've had this experience where we uh, own and operate three Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu academies. And I notice that when I'm doing the parts of it that I don't enjoy doing, um, but I felt like I had to because I was uh, over managing or over controlling and not trusting my people to do their job. And when I was stepping in and trying to do it for them and things like that, but I really hated that part of the job, I was miserable, which made, so then when I went to do the parts of the job that I do enjoy doing, my energy was low. I wasn't doing as well. And all of it sunk because I was putting myself in a position to not enjoy the process. Whereas where maybe were our numbers higher in that area because I forced myself to do it and I'm good at it, even though I don't like it. Yeah. Our numbers were higher, but was it worth it when I brought a way a more poor performance to the other side of things because I was miserable from being over here. Whereas if I had just stayed in my lane and done the parts of it that I like, then all the numbers kind of would have evened out and probably been higher in the end. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I that's how I view it. Like in jujitsu is the same, is the same thing. Like I need to make sure that I'm enjoying all the parts of it. It might take longer if I wasn't naturally like say not jujitsu, say like in another sport, if I wasn't naturally inclined there, it might take me longer to get there, but I love the process more. And I'm probably gonna have more success when I do get to the top because I'm going to have longevity because I love what I do. Mm -hmm. I love that, man. I, I'm so glad we got you on the show. <laughs> I'm glad to be here too. So I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I think you mentioned it maybe a little bit, but you were saying, you know, how, so this, so what you're explaining right now, that hasn't always been your mentality. Right. So what, I, I mean, part, you said part of it has come from experience, from age, but what, I guess, what has helped you to develop that mentality? Um, the main thing was leaving wrestling. You know, when I, when I joined wrestling, I started in high school. Um, I quickly, you know, started training with Team USA and some outside teams that do like the international circuit. And I quickly got very involved there and um, immediately realized that the um, Olympic sports, not just wrestling, but Olympic sports move in Olympic cycles, which is why I bring up Olympic cycles all the time. So when I graduated high school in 2015, the way that my wrestling journey was supposed to be is that 2016 was going to be like, I was going to go to a year at college and then I was going to wrestle there and I was going to come in the spring and go to the Olympic trials in 2016. And I probably wasn't going to win, but it would be a good experience and really prep me to go to the Olympics in 2020. So that was my, well, and here we are now, there could be a 2021, but that was my whole life plan, right? And everything in my life revolved around going to the Olympics in 2020 and doing the trials in 2016 for practice, everything in my life, right? So whether it was a high school tournament, whether it was in Slovakia, wherever I was in the world, everything revolved around 2020. And so I really started to develop the, exactly what we're talking about. It's like, when I win the Olympics in, 20, in 2020, I will be happy. When I make the Olympic team in 2020, that will mean that I'm good enough and I've accomplished what I want. And maybe, you know, I'll win the Olympics again in 2024. And I had everything planned out. And I realized that one of the reasons I was so miserable in wrestling wasn't because of wrestling, but it was because I was cutting so much weight because the highest weight class for women to compete at in wrestling is 165. And I was walking around at like 185, sometimes higher than that because I would yo-yo up and down. So I was miserable but everything revolved around 2020. So it didn't matter if I was miserable because I knew that once I got to that point and I made the Olympic team and I won the Olympics, like I planned that I would be happy and all the sacrifice would be worth it. And it wasn't until I left wrestling and I had to for my health because I 
was literally losing and gaining 20 to 25 pounds every other week. I sometimes, sometimes every other week, sometimes more spread out. Um, I was almost going to the hospital all the time. And the reason I ended up stopping wrestling is because eventually I started like not winning. And the reason I got away with that for so long is because I was still doing well. But once it started affecting my health so poorly that I stopped winning and I wasn't doing well at the, like the U S open in January of 2016, um, I had a really bad experience. I had to like chop all my hair off to make weight. I was falling over. My legs were turning blue. It was absolutely horrible. The next day I went to compete and I got absolutely annihilated by girls I normally beat. So that was the first of the wake up call of something needs to change. And I hate the life that I'm living. And so after that happened a few more times where I competed and didn't do well and was cutting too much weight. And then eventually in the spring, I came back from Scotland from college and I ended up deciding not to wrestle anymore, which for a girl who had her whole life planned around the Olympics was absolutely devastating. And I had to do it because I was so miserable. I was very sick. I was very close to going to the hospital and uh, various recovery um, programs and stuff uh, at the time. And I had to, and I really didn't have a choice because there wasn't a higher weight class for me to compete at. And I knew if I joined jujitsu, I could compete at the open weight class. And I'm really grateful to jujitsu because if I hadn't had something to throw myself into right away, I don't know if I could have had the courage to quit wrestling because I needed something to be dedicated to and to be working towards. And I'm very black and white that way. So anyway, the, so then when I quit wrestling at first, it was so devastating to give up my dream of 2020, which was four years later. And um, as time slowly went on, I really was allowed to have the realization that my life, that, that, 2020 goal wasn't going to make me happy because what started to happen was as I started to build a life that I did like the daily, the, the routine of, and I did like the experience of, and I did like the journey of, I realized like, oh, I can be happy today. Like, like that's not going to make me happy because I can make my life happy right now and still work towards a goal. That's amazing and great. And I have a lot of goals in jujitsu, but clearly something was wrong because I was so miserable and I thought that this one goal would make me happy and there was no guarantee if I was going to get it or not. That's the thing too. There's no guarantee that all this is going to pay off in the end and I'm going to get it or whatever. So now I'm in a new sport with new goals and I'm living a life that I love and there's still no guarantee that I'm going to accomplish these things one way or another, but I'm realizing that this is possible for me, you know, regardless. And so that experience and over the last few years, um, I really had the opportunity to be very introspective about that. And at first it wasn't perfect. You know, I had these tournament goals and if I didn't win, I wasn't good enough. And, and I still based my happiness off of winning and losing. But over the years that started to melt away because as I've lost, I've still realized that come Monday, I still love my life, you know, come the day after the tournament, I'm still, yeah, of course I'm upset. It's hard, but I still love the training. I love going to teach. I love uh, the strength and conditioning. I love the rehab for injuries. I love all of it. Every single part of it. I absolutely love. And I didn't realize that that was possible for me because I thought that it was either one way or another. You had big goals and you sacrifice or you have a mediocre average life and you can kind of have fun on the weekends because you don't have to be strict. That was really like what I thought. I didn't think there was anything in the middle. I didn't think you could have big goals and big aspirations and sacrifice when necessary because it does require that. It does, of course, you know, I'm not going to say that it doesn't, but do it in a way that I love and enjoy doing those sacrifices and really enjoy having a life that, that leads to those things. Um, so it's been experience. It's been um, having great parents that kind of gave me the opportunity to find that for myself and gave me the space to navigate that and gave me guidance and also just having good people around me as well. That's awesome. 
It's it's just so interesting because, um, like you were saying, you know, you had this you had this certain goal for 2020. You know, mm-hmm. you thought your life was going to go a certain way, but you know that it's so. I mean, I, I love goal. I love planning. Like I think planning is good. I love having goal. You know, having goals is good. But you know, life just doesn't always go out the way we plan. Yeah. You know, oftentimes we have to pivot. You know, and. and I do, I do appreciate sports analogies because, you know, I, I, like I mentioned before, I played some basketball and, you know, just things don't go, you know, play doesn't always go the way you think it's going to go, you know, you have to constantly be adjusting. Um, man, but man, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I mean, like for six years, for six years from when I started wrestling, anything all i thought about all day was winning the olympics like for six years like i don't know if people understand the magnitude well you do if you've made big life changes in any way not just in sports if you've made big life changes whether it was a big breakup or a big move or a job change whatever um for six years actually i would say it's very similar to to a relationship where you think you're going to marry the person you know every single day every single day all i thought about was the olympics and i planned my life around the idea that that was going to happen in June or August or July or whatever of 2020. And so it's the same as a relationship. Like you go along thinking like, I'm going to marry this person, blah, blah. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it work, whatever. Then people say like, oh, why don't you break up with the person sooner? It's like, oh, why don't you leave wrestling sooner? And I'm like, because you don't understand. Like my whole life revolved around this one thing happening. Like my whole life, everything in my life was affected by this. So to give up that dream, uh, or to give up that relationship or to give up that job or to move to a new place or whatever it is. Like it, it is absolutely life altering. And most, that's why the majority of people like, in the United States and probably around the world don't leave a bad relationship until they have another one lined up. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't leave until they have someone else in mind because they, it's too unknown. I couldn't leave wrestling because I didn't know what the future held. I didn't know what was gonna happen next. I didn't know if I was gonna have new goals. I didn't know if I was gonna love the life that I created or if I was, oh, I didn't know if I was gonna regret it. That's a big thing too. I didn't know if I was gonna regret it and look back in 2020 and be like, damn, I could have been at the Olympics this year and I and I gave up my dream because I was weak or whatever it was. Like same thing with relationships. Like I didn't, I don't know if I'm gonna, and I, and I related to this so much because I had a relationship like this for a few years, a, long, a while, a few years ago where I didn't wanna do the breakup because I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to look back and regret it. Like, what if it does get better? What if it does get better? You know, like, I'm hoping that it does. What if I look back in five years and regret this? So, so when, like, I really want people listening to grasp how hard of a decision that was to make to stop wrestling, but I had to, I had to, it was the only way that I could survive. I literally was killing myself, like 100% was killing myself and my internal organs and everything was failing. It was really, really bad. And like, I want to encourage anybody who's listening, if you have a change like this that you're thinking about making, my future and my what could happen next, and we're only a few years out from this, I have no idea what's coming in the next 10, 20 years, was already, already in the in the last three, three and a half years, way more incredible, amazing, outstanding, happy, filled with love and ambition, everything financially, like everything is way better than I could have ever have imagined and dreamed of. 100% because I took a leap of faith and I knew that I had to get out of that situation and 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 make something better for myself. So that's really what I want to get across is like those things are super painful, they're super uncomfortable, um, but usually lead to um, levels of happiness that, that you haven't had before. And that's, that's definitely my experience. 
for sure. I love that. I I, I can definitely I had to laugh a little bit because I can definitely relate on the uh, thinking about marrying someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I totally thought I was going to be married to someone else like six years ago. Yeah. Um, and you know I've had to make I've made some career shifts as well in the last uh, three years. Yeah. And you know it's what what's interesting, and I don't know if you can relate to this at all. But sometimes, you know, I've run into people and they thought I was going to marry the other person. They thought I was doing this other thing. Mm -hmm. And then they either say either verbally or, you know, just with their facial expressions or body language, like, oh, I thought you were doing this other thing. Like, uh, oh, I thought you were going to be in the Olympics or oh, I thought you were going to be in this career. Um, but what, what at least what I have come to come to learn is that, you know, the way I see it is that it's not necessarily that you're that you're like giving up on something. Because that's sometimes what what I I feel like people sometimes say like oh I thought you had you were going to hit this particular yeah goal. like it's a loss right yeah but it's like to to me it's it hasn't been a that I've quit on that it's been no that one thing was actually just a stepping stone yeah. to this next thing it helped me prepare and shift to the next thing mm, exactly exactly yeah, like, that's exactly how I view it same way with jobs with relationships with sports. It helped prepare me for something that I didn't know was coming and that I needed this experience to be able to do this next thing more successfully um, or with, you know, more passion or whatever it is. And uh, it's that's been my experience for sure. Like, but I think the main thing that's that's tough here is that uh, there's a lot of unknown and there's a lot of um, risk, which is why which is the main reason I think people stay in the same situation, even though they're unhappy um, for long periods of time with all these topics, you know, especially with with relationships and career, it's like, well, I don't know what's going to happen if I try something new. You know, what if I don't find anybody better than this? What if, what if this is the best that it gets? What if I, what if I do this and regret it because my next partner is even worse? Or what if I take this other job and I end up hating it? Or, you know, I'm not able to uh, make enough money to live, even though I love this other thing that I want to do. Like, or with, for me with the sports, it was like, well, what if I, what if I don't find the same um, fulfillment in something else? What if this is the only thing that's going to fulfill this desire and this passion and this drive that I have? And if I leave, then my life is always going to be, uh, you know, subpar. My life is always going to be less than what it would be if I continued this amazing path, you know? So that was really, I think it's really hard to make changes because there's always unknown. But the thing is, it's like, it's the same if you stay. And that's what I really realized. It's the same as you stay. There's just as much unknown if you stay. You know, like in a relationship, that person could die. <laughs> like that person could leave you. Let's not forget that. You know, that person could cheat on you, whatever. In a sport, I could have gotten hurt in wrestling. I could have been seriously injured. Um, I could have not won. I could have never made it to the Olympics. There's always unknown. You know, you could get fired from this comfortable job that you think you have. Um, you could never get promoted. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's like there's all these things like it's unknown either way. We don't know what's going to happen. There's only so much control that we have. We really only can control ourselves and our actions and our reactions to things rather than controlling what happens around us. So when there's a lot of fear about making a change, I try to, for me, I try to keep in mind that there's unknown either way. Like right now we're opening a new business and it's really scary to do that during this time, during coronavirus where people may lose their jobs or saving their money. They're not going to be buying jiu-jitsu memberships. It's a combat sport. We have to be in contact with people, things like that. But you know what I figure is like, there's unknown either way. You know, there's an unknown, like, could we do this and it fails? That's possible. You know, could we do this? And it's the most successful business that we have out of all three. Yeah. 
could we not do this and totally regret it later because the market does something crazy and other schools open in the area and they do really well? That's possible too. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's how I view it. I view there's unknown either way. So you might as well do the choice that makes you happy and makes you excited. Exactly. And you know why what, what I love about what you're saying is that I think like at the foundation of everything, like the re the reason why I think you're comfortable with that unknown is that like you like you've been you, like you start off saying like you are trying to live a life where you're happy either way. Right. And I think that that is so foundational like if you just love, I mean, like Gary Vee talks about, like loving the process, like if you love the process, if you love your life, like whether or not the business is su successful or not, or whether or not, you know, you know, that relationship works out or whatever, like then you're just gonna be happy. Like, yeah, you're just going bumps in a row. There's gonna like, there's gonna be times when things are tough, but I think if you have that foundation of happiness, then I, everything else just, it just works out like one way or another. 100%. I totally agree. Yeah, I feel the same way. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up with just a few last questions. Okay. Um, so like you mentioned earlier, so how the reason I got introduced to you was through Tea with Gary V. Yeah. So I'm curious, from what what was the most impactful part of that conversation or what what impact has that conversation had on your life so far? Um, I think just the consistency of social media. You know, I I was talking to him about my social media and how my Instagram has grown, but TikTok hasn't. I post like 20 videos. I post them more now and haven't really gained a lot of traction there. And I talked to him a lot about how I wanted to really go into the world of like health and wellness and fitness, kind of like Ashley Graham and like body positivity and stuff in a more mainstream way outside of just sports. And he was saying like, you're well on your way. He's like, you just don't have the context yet. So one of the biggest things is I was saying, well, I don't want to compare to put myself down, but when I look at other people's content and I'm posting something similar, I just want to make sure that, you know, it's performing well, like I'm doing the right things that it's it's coming from an authentic place, like, like strategizing, right? Like it's doing well, it's getting engagement, things like that. Um, or it's, you know, going in the right direction. And he was like, <clears throat> it was like, well, that's really smart, but it needs to make sure that you're not comparing yourself to other people, especially out of context, like, oh, this person has this many followers or this. And it's not so much about that. It's more it's just about an awareness thing. And, uh, and I think the biggest thing that I took from there is just like consistency and context. Like how many years have you really been doing this posting multiple times every day? You know, he's like, because for me, this took so, so many years. And I was like, to be honest, like I've always had social media growing up in this era as a teenager and stuff, but I haven't really been posting consistently, even on Instagram. Like I haven't even been posting every day on Instagram until like the last like few months, you know, and before that I was posting like a few times a week, you know, TikTok, even less. So it was more of that, like kind of awareness of like, oh, like I don't really have the context yet. Like there's no reason to like feel bad. It's just a consistency thing. If I keep going hard at it and I'm doing it long enough and I'm bringing things that are quality and I know I get good results on my posts and I, and people are engaging. So I know the quality is there. So that's great. So that's a good thing to know. And that was kind of my point with comparing, you know, talking to him about quality. So you know the quality's there. And now it's just a quantity and a and a time thing and, and a consistency thing. It's the same with anything else. Same with sports. As long as my quality of training is good, um, I may not see results in the first six months or a year, the results that I want, you know, as far as competitors go. But 
if I keep doing this, you know, for five or six years, then I have more context to really be like, okay, is this working? Is this what I want to do? Um, and so that was really his thing. He's like, well, you don't have the context yet. You're well on your way to, to being at that point and to kind of getting to be with Ashley Grahams of the world, you know, but right now um, we're at the very beginning. We just started. So that was really the main takeaway. Awesome. So whether it's in sports or business, uh, what, what role do you think humility plays? Oh man. Um, I think it, it just, it just, it's just everything. Like it's really just everything with humility because um, whether you like it or not, we're human beings and we're going to make mistakes. And if you in sports or in business um, do not have the ability to own up to that and find a solution and then move forward and do better next time, then you're going to be very stunted and your growth is going to take a very, very long time. Um, for me, I know that like if I get tapped out in a training session, I need to figure out right away what I did and start to address that rather than just be angry that I got tapped out and have an ego about it, which is hard because it hurts your ego. Same thing in business. If I have students canceling, I need to figure out, you know, is this a them issue? Is this like, you know, we always have a certain number. Is that what's going on? Or is there something our team can improve on rather than just saying, oh, that guy was that guy was a jerk. That guy was, you know, crazy or whatever. Of course, sometimes that happens, you know, but to me, like you have to have the humility of like, okay, is there something we need to improve on, whether it's in sports or in business? Um, because that's what helps us make decisions quickly. That's what helps us move fast. If not, you're going to stay very stunted and you're going to stay where you're at for a long period of time. So it's not hard. I mean, it's hard. It's not easy. It's very hard. It's very uncomfortable. Um, but that's where humility plays a part, big part for me. Awesome. And final question. When are you at your happiest? Oh, um, I think, I think when my happiness happiest when I'm living in a lot of gratitude, which I try to do the majority of the time as, as much as I can. Um, so yesterday I have, I kind of had a day where, you know, we went and signed a new lease cause we have a place or I, I signed a, yeah, we have a new place that we're going to move into. So, um, I went and signed the lease, had a great morning, got a coffee, came home and did uh, my cardio, did my sprints. Then I was on my way to teach, taught some kids, taught some adults. And throughout the whole day, I was just like, I'm really grateful for this lifestyle. Like I'm so grateful for this lifestyle. I love going on new adventures. I love being mindful in my mornings and doing like my meditation practice and stuff. I love doing my cardio. I love feeling like I'm improving towards my goals. Same thing with teaching. Like I really just think that when I'm in gratitude, I'm at my happiest and it's not necessarily one activity over the other. Like, Oh, I prefer cardio over strength training or, Oh, I prefer this part of the business over this. It's more of like an all around synergy thing. Like when I'm in synergy with myself and I'm in gratitude with my day to day, then I find a lot of like moments and like pockets of like big, happy feelings like throughout the day. Um, and that's, that was like a day I had yesterday and I'm trying to make sure I do that as much as possible. So definitely when I'm in gratitude. Awesome. I love that. Absolutely love that. Well, Kendall, thank you so much for being on the show. Honestly, like I also real quick backstory, you know, I, I heard your, I, I didn't see who you were. I just heard yeah. like you talking to Harry, to uh, Gary Vee um, on his podcast. And I just remember I had to stop the car. I was delivering. I was heading over to UPS. I remember I had to stop the car. I was like, I need to follow this girl. Like there's oh. something about her, like just her vibe, just there's something good here. And I'm so glad I did. So glad we got to connect. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. And real quick, how, so I honestly think anyone watching this should connect with you. How can they get in touch with you? Like what's your social media handles? How, how can they uh, follow you? Yeah. So my social media is Kendall Roosting everywhere, which is K-E-N-D-A-L-L. -L, and my last name is probably reusing. Uh, so it's easy to, to spell uh, R-E-U-S-A-N-G. And I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, 
I have like a Facebook page under that name, Snapchat, pretty much everything. Uh, LinkedIn also. And then the easiest way to get a hold of me is usually Instagram DMs. I don't always respond quickly because there's a lot, but I always respond. I always read them. I read every single one and I take I make sure I set a time during my day to do that to engage or ask questions or answer questions or anything like that. So Instagram DMs is the best way to get a hold of me. Um, but you can find content of mine and all those places. Okay. Thank you, Kim, for so for being on the show. Oh, oh my gosh, it blows my mind that you're only 22. <laughs> it blows my mind. Like I'm I'm super excited to see where you're at in 10 to 15 years. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Me too. We're gonna have to do another episode in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. Awesome. Okay.